Welcome to Southeast Asian Talk, also known as SEAT, and we are reclaiming our seat at the table. Our platform works to amplify the voices of third culture kids through mixed media storytelling that features voices and faces of Southeast Asian women and LGBTQ community members. Our hope is that the story will inspire and empower future generations of third culture kids, creating a platform of role models we wish we had while growing up. In today's story, we hear from Arman Cuevas. He is a DC public school teacher. He teaches ninth grade algebra one and general education. He was born and raised in the suburbs of Southern California. His teaching journey began overseas as a public school teacher through the Japan Exchange and Teaching Jet program. He then went on to receive his master's in education at Johns Hopkins University of Education in conjunction with an urban teacher's residency program. Armand talks to us about being a one and a half generation queer Filipino being raised in the suburbs of Southern California. He shares this exploration of college majors from wanting to do film or Japanese and then finally settling on sociology at UC Berkeley. He finally found his calling to enter the education field and become a math teacher to equalize the playing field, especially for black and brown students to excel in math, which is often a hindrance to reaching graduation. Listen now. I identify as Filipino-American. I was born here, but my parents were born and raised in the Philippines. They came over to the United States when they were in their late 20s, early 30s, around 1984. I also identify as a queer cisgender male, and in terms of what generation I am, it's a debate, act- it's a debate actually on how to label that. Because for me, I was born in the States, but as a child of immigrants, I am like the 1.5 generation. My educator background is also a very strong part of my identity. Even though for some people they just say, it's just your job. For me, it's beyond a job and I really value education. When I was younger, I want to say there was, of course, the dreams that you would have when you're in elementary school. I wanted to be a superhero or a writer. In high school, I really considered becoming a filmmaker and I made a lot of films in my classes and applied to schools that had a strong film program. I remember my parents, especially my mom, just being very unsupportive of it because it's an art that's just the arts. You're not going to make any money. It's unstable. Once I got to college, I ended up straying away from that just for my own interests. I realized that I didn't really want to do that anymore. Then I wanted to major in Japanese because I love taking Japanese classes. I had an interest in Japanese culture. And then my mom was like, if you major in Japanese, I'm not going to pay for your college. I was like, okay, fine. I also had an interest in sociology and I ended up majoring in sociology and my mom was okay with that. When it came time to choose a career, I ended up leaning towards education. And by that time, I had my degree and I had more freedom. So she, my mom, couldn't really stop me. I ended up doing education. And it wasn't until maybe four-ish years ago when my mom really said, I really support you now in education. I remember she sent me a magnet and a card. And the magnet said, teachers are amazing, something to that effect. And in the card, she had a short message about that, like a personal message. I forgot what experience changed her mind, but I think she just talks to other friends about education or hears from the media. So eventually she came around to education. Beyond that, I think she had a hard time with the students that I teach. It's very common for Asian American parents to have anti-blackness, and I think that their ethnicity, whatever it is, uh, or they think that their ethnicity, whatever it is, is better than other ethnicities. Whether it be black, let's say, for example, or even other Asians, it really helped when my mom visited D.C., 
She visited my classroom, had a chance to talk to my coworkers, and talk to my students. That also opened up to her valuing not just my job, but who I work with at my job. In high school, actually, starting in sixth grade, I was an accelerated math student. I took algebra one in my sixth grade year, and then from that point on, I was always quote unquote ahead. I don't really like using that term, but I was taking advanced math at earlier grades, so I always felt kind of strong with math when I got to college. I think my first semester, I took math one A, and I was thinking maybe I could do math as my major. As soon as I took that class, I thought, nope, this is not interesting. That's not it. I stopped taking math classes in college, and then I ended up deciding to go into math teaching because, like, because I felt like I was really good at math out of all the subjects. Now, math is one of the biggest barriers for students, especially for students of color, to succeeding and getting their grades to get into college. Currently, there's all this talk about removing algebra one as one of those remediation classes in Cal States and UCs. I acknowledge and I'm very aware of that, but I think because of those facts, I still support that removal while also staying a math teacher. Then when I went into the teaching program through Urban Teachers and I was given the option to teach secondary English, secondary math, or elementary school, given those three options, I thought, okay, might as well do math. The biggest barrier I overcame was my sexuality. Of course, living in a heteronormative society that we're in, or in the Asian culture where being gay or queer is just a death sentence, that often made it hard for me. To feel comfortable in spaces or talk about who I was really interested in, or certain things that are coded as gay or straight, like liking certain movies or music or genres or whatever things that are coded, I think that was one of the biggest barriers for me. I think it hurt my mental health a lot, especially in high school when I was still coming to terms with it, as well as early in college. Now I'm pretty open about it. My friends, family, etc. I'm pretty lucky that I also had a lot of support groups. When I finally came out in college or amongst my family and friends, everyone was very supportive. Even my family and siblings were totally fine with it. My mom was like, "That's fine." I I guess she wasn't enthusiastic, but she wasn't going to kick me out of the house or anything. I know that happens with some families, and I'm pretty lucky with that. In terms of other barriers, I think also sometimes being Filipino specifically, and whether whenever people talk about me being Asian, the first image or identity they think of is Chinese or Japanese. In my high school, it was mostly East Asian. Even though I was coded as Asian, I was also Filipino, which is different than other Asians. Then, when it came to going to UC Berkeley, even though UC Berkeley has a high representation of Asians, that is really a false umbrella term. I know that Filipinos are underrepresented. I remember due to joining the Filipino organization and learning about how Filipinos only made about something like one percent of California, but less than one percent of the students at UC Berkeley, and so on and so forth. Moving into other spheres to us, like in general, Filipinos are even more underrepresented in politics, higher education, and so on and so forth. I feel like growing up, there wasn't any openly gay or queer actors and actresses. I guess just famous people, and if they were like, if they were any, they were always white. So there was also that extra disconnect. And I guess I was in college; there wasn't really any role models, but there was other people who were like openly gay or openly like bisexual, queer, or whatever. And that was helpful for me to see. I joined a lot of organizations that happened to have a lot of queer Asian Americans, so that was also like an extra push push towards feeling comfortable in those spaces to then become open and come out. One hundred percent representation would definitely be helpful growing up. Even now, I'm looking for representation, and I think now getting involved like politically or in like organizing spaces, where do we see Filipinos or queer Filipinos in those situations? Even in education, now education being mostly a female, female dominated space, I'm not saying that we should have more men, but the representation is not also there. 
And I think about that as well. I think the ideal role model is if I could have some kind of person growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s that would look like another Asian American. Now, Asian American, like someone born and raised in America who has the understanding of what it's like to be here in this country, but still have some representation to whatever their home country that their parents came from. Again, also, LGBT representation is great. There's just a much more limited representation because there's an over-representation of men. I think also just open acknowledgement of racism, patriarchy, and imperialism, um, all those things I said before in those role models. Like, I feel like I didn't really see that. I mean, not that I had to learn of that through college. You see that everywhere now you talk about, or everywhere in these spaces, people bring these issues up to light. So it would have been great if we had that in the 90s. That would have been awesome. I am always constantly questioning why I'm doing this. What am I doing? When I first entered schools with Students Furthest for Opportunity, a lot of it came from me wanting to join the teaching program that appealed to me. And it was like a really good model where like the first year you're basically a student teacher and then the next three years they slowly scaffold you in like releasing support. So that way you're able to function as a teacher by yourself. That was the part of the program that I really enjoyed. But again, the focus is on racial justice, racial equity, and fixing a lot of inequities in the system. Well, fixing the system through training future teachers to be really good teachers. Also, a lot of this was spurred by my sociology background. I remember going into college my freshman year thinking, oh yeah, like racism, sexism, that stuff is in the past. I was one of those people. And then once I started taking all these classes, I was like, oh no, this is far from over. The older I get and the more I learn, the more I kind of get pushed towards the left. I guess you could say that about so many problems, inequality exists everywhere. Also, coming from my family, who are from the Philippines, which is a country that is a product of imperialism, colonization, racism, patriarchy, and all sorts of isms. I guess you could say now that's the reason why I keep working in anti-racism work as a combination of those past experiences. Also now it's just a lot of fun. Like I enjoy my students, I enjoy my coworkers, even though we are different in the sense of different race or age or background or gender, there's a lot of shared experiences too that we have. And I tend to gravitate towards those as well. Also, it's just so much more fun for me. As cliche as it was, it is true. The older you get, it does get better. You end up entering spaces that are more accepting of your sexuality. In high school, you're very restricted to the small community that you don't have any freedom to move about in certain ways. And people are a little bit more closed-minded in how they like, who they like and how they look at things. When you get to college, or if you don't go to college, and begin to go into workspaces, you'll have more freedom to be who you are, express yourself in your gender, your clothing, and your romantic and sexual preferences. Those things will get better as you get older. And also, if you have parents who are not supportive... When you turn 18, you could say, bye, I'm leaving this place to go somewhere where people are not saying negative things to me. Thanks for listening. To hear more stories from Southeast Asian American women and LGBTQ plus community members, visit us at seatthirdculture.com or follow us here on Spotify. Thanks so much for your support.